with you, I'd like for you to go with me to Matthew, 13th chapter. And I want to start to share a word from the 25th verse, or 24th verse. Jesus speaking, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in the, in the field. But while men slept, say that with me, but while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Look at somebody say, he went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, do we not plant and sow good seed in the field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto him, An enemy hath done this. Look at somebody and say, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then we go and gather them up? But he said, No. Lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. An enemy hath done this. I actually have a title this morning, and it's simply entitled, Wake up and smell the coffee. Wake up and smell the coffee. I don't know how many guys will be honest with themselves and with us, but I personally enjoy chick flicks. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know why, but I think it's fun. It's, it's kind of funny to see what Hallmark will put forth. I'm not a big Hallmark fan, but I remember some of the, some of the movies that I am a fan of. And uh, one, of my, one of my movies that I watch every once in a while is entitled While You Were Sleeping. And I think it's Sandra Bullock, I'm not sure, Sandra Bullock. And what happens is a, a guy gets injured, she goes to the hospital, and uh, they assume that she's his fiance, and she that's kind of she plays out that all the way through the movie where, uh, and that she actually falls in love with his brother, and then finally she real she tells the truth, and uh, she gets she gets it all. So I always thought that was kind of a, a, a cool movie. Sleeping with the Enemy is another movie that is not so cool, and uh, it's uh, real scary. I wouldn't recommend that anybody would watch that, but the word sleep is in the title, and so I wanted to use that. And then another cool movie that we have in our library, our repertoire of DVDs, and that is uh, Sleepless in Seattle. And uh, I just love that movie. Could I go home, make a pot of chili, watch Sleepless in Seattle? Well, you know, when you think about sleep, uh, one-third of your life, asleep. One-third of your life is asleep. Uh, in just a few minutes, Leanne is going to leave us and uh, we'll be with her dad. Uh, one of her dear friends is dying. I want to take just a moment. If you'll point your hands towards Leanne, this is tough. He works on every car she's ever had. They've been friends for years and he does not have a good report. His name is, was it Zach? It was Mac. Uh, let's just, let's just pray a hedge of protection around Leanne as she goes she would be a bright spot in a dark place that God would give her words to speak to her dad and family father we thank you for Leanne her faithfulness she is your daughter and you love her and you care about her 
We pray that you would touch her grief, you would touch her hurt, you would bring her peace. And, and before she leaves Mac's side, that she would make sure that Mac is saved and ready to go to heaven. Give her the word to say. Again, let her life be a light. In Jesus' name, amen. And Leanne, we understand if you have to go, we're, we're, we're okay with that. But, uh, you know, the, the average person gets about eight hours of sleep at night. Now, you may get less, you may get more. Uh, the older you get, the less you sleep. Your body stops producing things that helps you. And uh, just, just for the fun of it, how many in this building, uh, you take a supplement of melatonin every day? You take a, su a supplement of melatonin. So we've got three. I got my hand up. Because your, your brain, after a while, just kind of stops working. Some of us have stopped working before it started working. But your brain... Uh, it stops producing the endorphin, the, uh, the, uh, the tryptophan, the, the, the melatonin. And so you take that as a supplement to help you go to sleep. When you think about eight hours of your life every single day, that's a, that's a large piece of the pie. And that's a lot to do with your destiny. And I begin to go through the Word of God. I begin to look at some of the uh, thoughts about sleep. And uh, I went to this passage of Scripture where while we were asleep, the enemy sowed tears. So there's a physical sleep, and then there's a, a spiritual sleep. There are areas in your life that maybe you're supposed to be focusing on, but you're completely uh, not, not focused on. And I think that in that season of not focusing, a lot of times the enemy will try to steal things that God has for you and take things that God has for you. And I, I got to thinking about uh, a lot of sleep uh, minus a little sleep. And uh, I like to, to feel like the more you're awake, the more you get done. Does that help anybody? It's tough to get stuff done when you're asleep. But sleep is important. And God said we need rest. That's why he ordained the Sabbath to take a day of rest. And so God created our bodies. We're not sure why we need sleep, but God created our bodies to let us know that he is the creator and we are the creation. And so it's a humbling, it's a humbling thing to know that you've got to stop every once in a while and take a nap, get some sleep, get some rest. And I don't know how many of you, but uh, I will usually every afternoon take a power nap. And I wake up and I feel great. Now, some people can't take power naps, but I can. I get in front of the TV, I turn the TV down a little bit up just a little bit, just enough to make noise, and I will sleep. And uh, I must say, I enjoy those moments. Matter of fact, usually right after Fazoli's or Zaxby's, I head to the couch and say, I really need a power nap right now. And then I get up and make a cup of coffee. It's like, I started the day all over again. Well, uh, Pastor Rhonda is notorious about placing things in my way on the way to the bathroom. She is notorious. And, and to to go by my bathroom, you have to walk by the dresser, and, and, and while I'm asleep, she's doing stuff, and she'll leave things setting out. I mean, maybe a little handbag or a little suitcase or the clothes hamper or a pile of clothes. And so every night when I go to the bathroom, I, I find myself taking baby steps, and, and I've lost my equilibrium. I mean, have you ever, like, just tried, and I tried it uh, two nights ago just to see if I could do it. I came in that door, pitch, pitch black. I knew where the chairs were. I knew where everything was. And I said, I'm just going to walk to that door as quickly as I can. And Melissa, I found myself, I found myself kind of staggering and kind of, I said, you know what? 
I could get hurt here in the church. I could run to something and get hurt. But it's like, it's like every night Pastor Ron has set snares in my, in my way. And uh, she will tell you there's been more than one time when 3, three o'clock in the morning she heard this, ah! And I ran into something or I snagged something or I, or I got, and you know what? It's, it's, it's funny the, the difference that light can make. It's funny. You, know, you don't think about really darkness, you know, a lot of things you can't accomplish. But when the light's there, I mean, praise God for the light. And praise God. And I shared with you a few weeks ago about the night vision. And in the night vision, God would wake up Daniel and give him prophecies and parallels and proverbs. And uh, three times this week, I woke up at exactly 3.33. It was exactly 3.33. And I got up, and uh, I got myself a cup of coffee. I went and sat, and I just listened. I didn't pray in tongues. I didn't pray. I didn't ask God for anything. I didn't ask him why he was waking me up. I just thought maybe just want to chill and have a cup of coffee. Because you've got to realize in him we live and move and have our being. But in us, he lives. He moves. He has his being. He created the idea of a grandfather. And to many, God enjoys that being that grandfather. I think God enjoys coffee. And I think that when we drink a cup of coffee, I think God sits back and says, next time put sugar in it. But I hate sugar. Two creams, that's it. And I hate flavored coffee. I, I, I hate flavored. Can anybody relate? I don't want caramel. I don't want mocha. I don't want any of those weird things. I just want a good dark roast, Caribbean or, or Kona, as actually my favorite coffee, but a good dark roast. I don't want it flavored. I don't want it. And I, I think that God sometimes has a sense of humor, and I think God wakes us up to see if we'll actually get up. And what is so crazy, even though I've, I've drank a cup of coffee, I can go right back to sleep. And I don't know what that's all about because it's usually coffee that gets me going, but not at 3.33 in the morning. It's a season when I sit and I just listen to hear what God has to say. When, when we find ourselves sleeping more than we need to sleep, and we're going to talk about spiritual things now, the Bible says that there in Matthew 25 that there were ten virgins, and they were preparing for a wedding, and they were waiting for the bridegroom to come and get his bride. I may teach more on that next week because it's a great story because that bridegroom is away building a house for her to live in, and his dad is helping him. And when the dad said the house is done, then the bridegroom will go and get the bride. Now, the, the bride, bridegroom wanting to have his bride, he may just build a pup tent, a little rock fireplace, and say, I'm, 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 I'm ready, I'm going to go get her. Dad would say, no, you've got responsibilities, you're going to have kids. How many kids are you going to have? You've got to build at least three rooms for three kids, and you've got to build a kitchen, you've got to get the house ready. And when dad says it's done, he tells his son, go and get your bride. Well, the bride is waiting, and she's got virgins around her, and they sit up late at night and talk and visit and drink coffee and talk about that wedding, how wonderful that wedding's going to be. And because there's so much uh, interest in that wedding, some of the guys in the village will play tricks on the bride, and they will go outside her house, and they will shout, behold, your bridegroom cometh. And the girls get all excited hey, he's here, he's here. And the bride will say, no, let me make sure that's his voice. And then she will say, that's not him. That's just some pranksters. That's just some punks just trying to, you know, irritate us and keep us up. But when he comes, when dad says, go get her, when he comes and stands outside, he shouts, behold, the bridegroom cometh. And she will listen and she will say, that's him. That's his voice. We have a friend in heaven building a house for us to dwell in forever. 
He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. So right now the bridegroom is in heaven preparing a place for us. And when God says, the Bible says no one knows the time it's coming but the Father. When God, isn't that cool? When God says it's time to go and get your bride, Jesus is going to come in the clouds of glory. And the Bible says with a voice like a trumpet, he's going to shout. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we were to live and remain, or be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord. How exciting is that to know that we could be just moments, hours, days, weeks, months. As you see the things in the world, we, we're living in desperate times. It's a crazy nation right now. Uh, the Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. And right now, when you look at the political election that's taking place, there's many races right now, mayors and gover gov governors and congressmen, it's split right down the middle. Half wants to go this way and half wants to go this way. Never in the history of our country has there ever been division like there is right now. And in this division, you see things happening that hurt the heart of God. There are things that hurt the heart of God. Abortion hurts the heart of God. God loves the abortionist, but God hates abortion. And so right now, as we see our nation drifting away from the things of God and pursuing more of the things of, of the world, it's scary. I, I read yesterday uh, documentation that a vote of five to three, the Supreme Court said no, uh, schools will not teach Islam in, in, in school anymore concerning religious belief. They will not teach. Obama said you will teach the students Islam. That Now our government says no, you won't teach our students. And so I think there's some progress. I think there's some, I think there's some effort being made to turn this country back towards the things of God, back towards the things that we grew up on and believed in. This country was established that we might have the right to worship God in spirit and in truth. And that's the one thing the enemy wants to attack is our faith in God and our ability to do the things that God has called us to do. So I, I, believe, I believe in my heart of hearts, I believe there's a good sleep and then I think there's a bad sleep. And if you're not sleeping, maybe this message will help you this morning. I want to uh, just, just share with you this, this sleep that we're involved in. The Bible says that Samson laid his head down in the lap of a prostitute and fell asleep. Be careful where you lay your head. Be careful where you spend quality time. Be careful who you allow to influence you. And be very careful who you become intimate with. Best friends, best buds, best this, best that. Be careful because for Samson, it didn't turn out well. How I many remembers the story? It just, it, it was not a great story. But he was where he shouldn't have been, sleeping where he should not have been sleeping. I went through the uh, Bible and uh, found some thoughts concerning sleep, and if this will let me, this is the first time in the history of the world I've ever used my phone to prepare a message, and now my touch ID is being finicky. Look at somebody else and give me a break. Here we go. Here we go. What the Bible has to say about sleep. And when you, and, and when you look at sleep, you find that there are good aspects concerning sleep, and there are bad aspects concerning sleep. I want to go just through a, a, few, a few of them this morning. Proverbs 3 and 24, if you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. If you're here this morning and you're having a tough time going to sleep, that's not God's will in your life. God said you're going to lay down and your sleep will be sweet. Psalms 4 and 8 says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone. 
make me dwell in safety. Uh, how many have locks on their doors at night? How many have more than one lock on your front door? Okay, there could be a possibility that you're a little worried about someone breaking in your home. Woe to the person that breaks into my home or Pastor Scott's home. Uh, Pastor Todd's home. I mean, just woe. Can anybody relate? But if you've got two locks on your door, there's a good possibility that there might be a little apprehension there that someone is going to, to break in. Now, I'm the kind of guy, I never, I, never locked the, I never locked the front door. And it's actually irritating when I go home and someone has locked the door because then i got to reach in my pocket. That requires effort and get the key out. Everything in my hand, I've got to sit down the planner and then I've got to open the door and go through. I, I never locked the door. But I live in a house where the door is always locked because the girls are always locking the door. And I don't know, I don't know if it's to keep me out because I've been, been bad or it's, or it's some kind of apprehension that some, something could happen or something could get us. Okay, here goes my phone again. Don't ask me why. I put, okay. Psalm 127 and 2. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And so if you're, if you're in an area where it's like, man, I'm staying up till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and then I'm getting up at 6 or 7 in the morning to go and pursue the things of the world, that's not the plan that God has for you. There's a window that God has for you, successful sleep, and knowing when to rest your body. Then Proverbs 20 13 says, hello, love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you will have plenty of bread. So there we see the person that sleeps all day. <coughs> um, my kids are not here. My Elio and Candy are not here today, but he actually went to work Friday, and it was a great job, and it was a great pay. I haven't even told Pastor Rhonda this. When, he, when the boss hired him, <coughs> he told me he would give him $10 an hour. I said, go work the week. He'll pay you more than that. You're worth more than that. <coughs> went to work Friday. Boss told him Friday night he was going to give him 600 a week. That's $15 an hour. I said, in one day, you got like a 30% raise. But Saturday, we're going to do some work. They slept till 2 o'clock. And I said, Elio, you got to start going to bed. So last night at 11 o'clock, we were here working on, the, on the, the water stuff. So I went by to get them this morning, and they'd overslept. So there are times when you can oversleep and miss stuff. One day last week, I was headed towards the woods. I set the alarm, but I forgot to turn the ringer off. And I got up. It was 8 o'clock, and I go, oh, man, I miss it. How many things do we miss sometimes because we oversleep? Do I have a friend in the house? Going back to this. Pastor Rhonda, you have to help me later with this. I don't know why it's fighting me. Here we go. Psalms 3 and 5. I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I believe that God does things in your thought process at night while you're resting. Now, I don't do it now, but we used to go to sleep every night with Hosanna music. We turned the volume just so you barely hear the words, and then we would sleep at night with spirit-filled music saturating our house. And when we started doing that, it seemed like things went a little better in the day. How many here, you go to bed at night with some kind of gospel or some kind of elevator music or something? Anybody? Several of us. It's just, it's just a way to calm our night because I believe that God visits us in the, in the night. 
Oh, hey, it didn't freak out. Stay with me. Then Proverbs 6 and 9 comes right back and says, How long will you lie there, O slugger? When will you arise from your sleep? Hello. So one scripture is saying, hey, we need plenty of sleep. The other scripture says, you're a, slug you're a sluggard if you sleep in, if you sleep too long. David said, give ear to my word, O Lord. Consider my meditation. O Lord, unto thee will I cry. For, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will lift up. So in our, in our life, we go to bed at night, we get up in the morning, and we start our day pursuing God's purpose and plan for our life. We're focused on the meditation that's put in our heart and our spirit, and we expect God somehow in the morning to respond. Do I have a friend in the house this morning? There's something happens in the morning. There's another scripture here that says in Psalms 132 and 4, I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place of the Most High. How crazy is that? Here David said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go to bed, I'm not going to rest, I'm not going to sleep until I can find where God's at. And then when I find where God's at, I can pursue and do the things of God. I remember that Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar both had dreams in the night, and no one could interpret the dreams. So God uses Joseph, God uses Daniel, Daniel gives the interpretation. How crazy is that? There was a scripture here in Exodus. Um, let me go ahead and, and do one more. And this is, I will conclude with this. This will be my only conclusion. Matthew 8, 24. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. Showing us the human side of Jesus. There in a boat, there's a storm, and Jesus is asleep. And I think that's one area that Jesus and I have a lot in common. I can go to sleep anywhere at any time for any reason. Can anybody relate? I can go to sleep in a bass boat. I can go to sleep in a tree stand. I can go to, I can go to sleep in an airplane. Chris, I'm sure that you, you're the same. Are you like that? I mean, I, mean, it, I can go sit in the lobby of the, of the Kmart and, take, and take, take a nap and rest. Or sit in the park. It, that, that is so funny is that we have the ability to just to rest our eyes and to sleep. But aren't you glad this morning that when you wake up, God has your back? So the storm is raging. There's a scripture in Exodus that says, God does not slumber or sleep. Our Heavenly Father always has his eyes upon us. Aren't you glad for that? But here, Jesus is asleep in the boat, and, the, and they wake him up. And they said, don't you care that we perish? And, and he said, don't you realize who I am? Hello? That, that because when you know who he is in your life, you can rest, you can take a break, you can focus, you can enjoy the things, enjoy the blessings, and get a good night's sleep. And he stood up, and he spoke the sea, and he calmed the storm. I believe that there are storms in your life that God would like to speak to. I believe there are storms in your life that God would like to address and God would like to turn around. I just believe it. I believe that, I believe that God's, God's purpose and plan for your life. But are you looking for that? Are you looking expectation? I wrote a scripture here, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, for I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. God comes to where we're at. If we can't get to where he's at, he comes to where we are and turns things around for us. And I conclude, I conclude this morning with the story that Pastor Ronald will tell you that I've always, I've always had a, a problem with. Is in John the eighth chapter, first verse, 
where a group of elders bring a young lady to Jesus, throw her down on the ground, and make all kinds of accusations. And it says this, that she was caught in the act of adultery. Exodus says, if a man lies with a woman, adultery lies with a woman, and they're caught, they are to be stoned to death. That's pretty scary, isn't it? Stoned to death. But when they brought the woman to Jesus, there was no dude. Okay, it takes two to tango. Where's, where's, when they caught the girl, why did they let the guy go? Because they were hypocrites, and they were trying to set Jesus up and trap Jesus. And so Jesus, all he did was, the first one among you without sin, let him cast the first stone. And then he got down, and this is the sixth time in the Bible that, that the finger of God is revealed. He got down, and he began to write things in the sand. And he made a list. He began to write things in the sand. And the Bible says the accusers, from the oldest to the youngest, went over, saw what he wrote, dropped their rocks, and split, and walked away. What did he, what did he write? Chris, I think he wrote the name of the guy, and maybe where he, that guy may have dropped the ball, maybe in adultery, maybe some kind of sin. But whatever Jesus did, they all left. And he looks up and he says, where's your accusers? She said, they're, they're gone. He said, neither do I accuse thee. Go thy way and, do, and don't do this sin anymore. As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed. Father, if you would search our heart today and let us wake up. The word says, wake up the mighty men and prepare for war. Our traditions, our values, our mindsets, our lifestyles are all being threatened today by the spirit of the world. And if the world has its desire, it will destroy everything that, that we have and everything that you've given us. But we focus today on you. We focus today on your presence in our life. You said to come unto you if we're labor and heavy laden, and you will give us rest. We stand on that. We appreciate that. We ask that. Father, I, I pray good sleep this congregation. I, I pray visions in the night. I pray that you would wake them up with signs and wonders. I, I pray that you would wake them up with inventions, with, with things that they have created. I pray that you would better their lifestyle, that you would better their income, that they would, they would be frugal, that they would arise early. They'd get stuff done. They wouldn't spend a lot of time, too much time sleeping, but their eyes would be open and they would see all that you have for them in Jesus' name. And you all said, amen.